everybody. This is Jeremy Carlson, and you are listening to the Bluegrass Sports Performance Podcast. Today, we are talking with Coach Justin Abney, the strength conditioning coach at North Bullet High School. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks, Coach, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, before we really get diving into this too much, Coach, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you're from, how you got to where you are today. Um, well, I'm originally from uh, Carlisle, Kentucky, Nicholas went to Nicholas County High School. I've uh, been in coaching for about 22 years, uh, 15 years at North Bullet, and uh, kind of got started. Uh, my back, my original uh, degree was in chemical engineering. Got a bachelor's in that from UK. Um, so uh, didn't really want to stay in that, and was in Tennessee uh, working at Eastern Chemical Company. So I just went over to the East Tennessee State and walked in the office of the strength coach and said, "Hey, I'd like to learn more about this." He was a great guy, Coach um, uh, so Morrow, a great guy. You know, really took me under his wing and told me kind of what I needed to do, uh, some of the classes I needed to take there, and you know, get my CSCS. And um, you know, I, and he let me volunteer there, and so I was, you know, kind of working with the baseball and the football team. Um, so that that's kind of what got me started. Um, uh, then I started in the field, I guess. And then in the high school area, um, at the time I was already married and had one kid, uh, another one on the way. And, um, there was an opportunity to be a GA there. And I just we just couldn't make it work financially, so uh, I had an opportunity to move to South Carolina and uh, be a string coach and football coach down there. Uh, so that's kind of how it started. Uh, it just kind of trickled down from there. I just uh, uh, moved back to Kentucky because uh, we wanted to be close to the family. Uh, if I was going to do the high school thing, I could do that in, uh, you know, in Kentucky. So uh, moved back to my hometown in Nicholas County. Was there a couple of years, uh, then moved down to Fort County, uh, Fort Central there four years, and then finished it at North Fort Central. So, uh, well, kind of a winding road at first, uh, but uh, really excited to be that I landed where I am and, uh, to get the team to be able to go through school and all that stuff. Pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. And it's always great to hear and, and listen to people about how they've gotten to their path. Cause I, I there is this traditional uh, way of thinking about how you get into strength and conditioning, doing your internship and then moving on. And then eventually if you're going the college route, just continuing to progress from a GA into a intern to a, you know, full-time strength and conditioning coach and eventually be a director. But it's, it's been neat in these conversations to be able to see how people have taken a windy road and it's not all a very linear path, but along the way, I think, you probably learn a lot of great lessons while you're doing it. Uh, I, I had, you know, those three classes there at uh, East Tennessee State and uh, got my CSCS. And, and I've, I've just kind of had to, you know, read a lot of books and uh, talk to a lot of people and listen to a lot of podcasts. And, you know, you got to learn, uh, you know, learn things the hard way sometimes and you know, try and, and that doesn't work, uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, try something else. So uh, that was, uh, it's a, it was a fun path. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's what this podcast is all about, is being able to help people find out, find those paths and, and be able to supply more information to them. So I appreciate you being able to kind of open up a little bit and kind of show show us what that looks like. So you've been at uh, North Bullet now for how many years? 15. 15 years. And I just found this out about you when we were uh, setting this up. I didn't realize that you were also helping out with football. So on top of being the strength and conditioning coach, you also are football. What other roles do you kind of have within the school? Uh, well, I'm a, a chemistry teacher and physics teacher, so uh, I do that. That's my full-time job. <laughs> and then I do the, the weight room and everything uh, after school. Right. And, uh, so yeah, um, we have a, another coach that's in the weight room during the fall semester since I've coached football. So yeah. I'm in there full-time after Christmas. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's crazy when you start talking to people too to see what all hats they're wearing at the high school level. I think that's one thing that uh, I've learned as I've come down from the college level, how many different hats high school strength and conditioning coaches have to wear and have to flip through pretty quickly, right? I mean, your full-time job is being a teacher uh, and, and then you do these other things on the side just to be able to, I would assume, to be able to help and give back to the kids. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that that's one thing that I've learned about the strength and conditioning community is that we're, we're wanting to give back because of either a coach that gave to us um, or maybe something that we didn't have. Do you have a coach that, uh, you know, either inspired you to kind of get into the strength and conditioning field or uh, maybe lack thereof? 
Well, I guess kind of the lack thereof. Yeah, I was uh, in high school. I did not have a swing coach. Um, my dad was uh, had the foresight enough to realize that I, if I was if I was going to play football. I needed to be knowing something about well, lifting weights. So uh, he took me up to the UK and uh, the, the UK. The swing coach there was very very nice and you know showed me some things to do. And um, I was able to. Uh, we bought the, the bigger, faster, stronger program, which is. It's not the best, but you know, at least something to you know to do as a as a beginner and starting out. So, um, and that's kind of how I got my 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 start in the DFS program, uh, you know, on my own. And, uh, then you know, once I got into the idea that you know I wanted to coach, and then it was it was like, well, you know, I can kind of fill a void that uh, I didn't have as a you know as a student coming up. So uh, that was a, a big motivator you know, to get me getting into it. Yeah, I, I was talking to Coach Hackney the other day uh, over at Ballard High School. It, it's funny enough, he was down in Georgia. That's where he grew up. And he actually did the Bigger, Faster, Stronger program as well while he was growing up. And, you know, the biggest thing that he impressed upon me was, you know, it, it might not have been the best program uh, considering all the factors that maybe a kid is going through. But the consistency, if you are doing it, is is the key component to it. That, that's the key to any program. I mean, any, you know. You know, you can have the the best program you know out there, you know, you know, periodization wise or scheme wise and you know methodology wise, uh, but if it's not followed consistently, then it, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so transitioning a little bit into North Bullet. So we've been there uh, for a while now. Uh, you, again, Kevin, physics teacher by day, kind of strength and conditioning coach by night, as well as you know throwing in. Uh, uh, different things that you do, but tell us a little bit about North Bowl. And I, I'm not too familiar with the ins and the outs of it. So tell us just generally kind of uh, how many kids go to the school, kind of what the bell schedule looks like, what maybe before after school looks like for you. Well, we uh, have about 1200 students. Um, we have six periods in the day. Um, no classes or no weightlifting classes are going on uh, during the day. And so most of everything that I have to do is after school. So that kind of puts a cramp on the on the time frame to make sure we're getting you know being efficient when we're out there and not wasting time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got twelve hundred kids. Does that make it a four A school? Five A. Five A school. Okay. So five A school. Um, so you're going up against the likes for football of Frederick Douglass, different different schools like that. Um, and then you're saying you're doing most of your, all of your strength and conditioning. Do we do anything before school or is it all after? No, school? that's something that I've kind of been, I've thought about and, you know, might, might kind of propose, you know, at least for the football coach, I think he would probably be, you know, open to doing something like that. Uh, I'm not opposed to being here, you know, early, uh, if it would you know, get somebody else through the, you know, the process and the program. Um, uh, that's the, the only Problem right now is we don't really have a, a shower for kids to you know, mm -hmm. go to. We're hopefully, you know, we're supposed to be getting a, a new building and a new a new facility uh, within the next couple of years. So, uh, you know, if that comes into play, uh, that might be a little bit more of an option. But uh, that's definitely something that I need to think about. Okay, so they, so then we start talking about doing everything again right now, at least after school. Um, so what are, what's your time frame that you get to work with kids? I mean, if you're trying to get, a, again, a handful of kids through the weight room, paint us the picture of how big the weight room is, how many kids you can realistically get through there at a given time, you know, some of those constraints that we have there. Cause I think it's going to be important when we start talking about what you do for programming, thinking about all of those factors. It's a fairly small area, you know, about 1250 uh, square feet is all we have. Um, we've got about, I guess, eight racks. Uh, and we've got to get our uh, adjustable benches within those racks. So uh, we have to be, you know, very uh, efficient in the, you know, things that we're doing and uh, the things that we're using. Um, so probably 40 would be the max to really get, you know, the, everything through that we have to go through. Um, but the, that's one thing that we're kind of facing with the football week. We had a new football coach coming in this year. Uh, so we had more kids come out. Um, so we've got about 60 kids on the team. So we've had to split them up into you know, two different days with our in-season training uh, right after school. Um, so um, doing that, you know, 30 and 30 uh, is, is plenty. Um, but the off-season is going to be you know, a little bit of a struggle. So we got to look at that uh, moving forward in that area. 
but it is constrained, no, no doubt about it. Uh, you just have to be careful with the, you know, how we're moving from exercise to exercise. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I will start uh, different groups of kids on different days uh, so that you know the equipment is available for them when they need it. Uh, but we have to kind of plan on you know, those areas to, to be you know, efficient with the equipment. Yeah, absolutely. So are you looking at generally 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour with kids? What does that kind of that time frame look like? Because you guys get out of school at what? I would imagine 3, 3.30? We get out at 2.10. Okay, 2.10. Okay, you guys get started earlier then. Okay, okay. So you get started earlier. 2.30 is when we'll start. Uh, if we're all season, usually everything. Baseball is going 45 minutes right now. Right. Football will usually go an hour. Uh, basketball is actually going to half an hour right now, and our in-season uh, football schedule right now is going a half an hour. Okay. So, um, you know, depending on what, where they are in their program and the process, uh, you know, time timing will be a little bit different. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, another you know thing you have to juggle with getting them in on the on to in on out on time. You know, so that the other coach is not bad. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that and that's going to be the biggest thing, right? I mean, I know for, for myself personally, having kids in a weight class, the bell schedule sets my my schedule for me. I know every single day what I'm going to get and how long I'm right. going to get for and all that type of stuff. But when you start manipulating and doing it after school, it can change. It can go from that 30 minutes to the 45 or vice versa as, as they go in season, out of season. Okay, so that gives us our general kind of viewpoint of of what we're doing and what we have access to so if you wouldn't mind sharing your screen that kind of gets us started down the rabbit hole of thinking about programming and at least some, understanding some of your constraints before we actually get into it um so i'll let you kind of go away with it before we really get started here the one thing that i will say is i was fortunate enough to get to listen to coach uh, talk. I guess it's almost been a year now, Coach, since I listened yeah, to you. About talk. 10 months. Yeah, family day. Um, and Coach went over uh, great stuff for his uh, for his baseball team and, and what he does and considerations that he takes it, it takes into there. And so um, I think he's going to go over some of that with us. But Coach, I'll let you take it away and start talking about kind of how you see it and where we are and all that good stuff. So what I've got up here is uh, basically what I call my block two program. Um, when freshmen come in, they're going to start on the block zero program. So it's mostly a, a mid-year programming as far as periodization goes. Um, and then the sophomores would be in, in the block two program. And then the, uh, the freshmen, I'm sorry, the juniors and seniors would be on this block two program. Uh, so it's a little more advanced. Um, it has something that, uh, you know, where they can determine how much weight they're going to increase with the APRE. Mm -hmm. uh, programming process, uh, you know, periodization scheme. Um, so uh, that's like if, you know, if somebody comes in as a as a sophomore or a junior or senior as a first time lifter, then they're going to start on the block zero program. Yeah. So that was going to be my question. Does it does it? Uh, so you said talk about those that come in first time that might be starting in block zero. How about when we start progressing them through? If we find that an athlete may you know, they just may be behind physically, maybe they haven't met the criteria you're looking for, will you hold them in a block for longer than maybe yes. what their, their typical age is? Yes, the, the typical age, you know, it usually, is, you know, as I've you know, kind of noticed over the course of time, it, it usually is, is enough to get them there. If it's not, you know, say if a sophomore uh, is a little bit lagging behind and any strength levels on certain things, you know, my, my things that I look at, my indicators, um, then yeah, I'll hold him back. You know, maybe his squat, you know, uh, front squat depth is not great. And, you know, maybe we got to work on hip mobility and you know other some other things that he has uh, issues with. Then yeah, definitely we'll we'll hold him back on the on the block zero. Same thing with the, as a sophomore you know, going into this advanced program. And and what are some of those indicators that you see? As you know, it, you know, and everybody's is a little bit different. Our block zero. Are you looking for? you know, movement proficiency to move us into block one. Talk to us a little bit how you may move people down into those. Yeah, the movement proficiency is the main thing, you know, because we're trying to get the kids as strong as possible by the end. But um, if they're not moving well, you know, if, there's, if the squat is looking, you know, inefficient, if we're not getting depth, if we're not 
you know, using our hips in the proper manner, um, then we'll, we'll, you know, video and find different ways, you know, that we can get them back to where they need to be and, you know, back on track. Um, but yeah, the movement uh, is definitely the main thing. And then end up, and so that gets us from block zero to block one. Block one. What makes the indicator from block one to block two for you? Kind of a, a you know, strength level indication. You know, I've got you know, certain indicators on my front squats, my deadlifts, my cleans, uh, and you know, where you know, whether or not they're ready to progress into something like this. Because uh, you know they're uh, they're getting a little more uh, involved themselves you know, when they're picking. And some of their weights in their final set, you know, with the APRs program. Okay, and then talk to us. I, I talk to us a little bit about how you run the APRE program. There's it was developed by Dr. Uh, Mann. Do we go straight off of what he uses? Have you made tweaks to explain to first explain to to the listeners what the APRE system is, and then how maybe you have modified it or altered it based off of the setting that you're in with high schoolers. Well, they are. Um, they have a set percentage based on their uh, if the APRE six is a is technically an eighty three percent of uh, um, of their one rep max, and then they're going to do the uh, percentages fifty percent and seventy five percent, and then a hundred percent of that eighty three percent on their first three sets. Then they do as many on uh, that third set. They're going to do as many reps as they can, and then. Based on how many reps they get, if they only get six, they stay the same. If they get eight, they go up. If they get you know, four, they go down. Uh, so they're kind of getting a, a kind of a sliding scale, if you will, of that final set. Um, that's why it's uh, you know on the uh, upper end of the more advanced programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the APRE three is going to be ninety percent doing those same things, but you're only doing sets of now when you when you started first thinking about your programming uh with and did we start initially with the apre how did that that transition or morph over the years as you continue to learn more and did it did it matter that they were high school students uh it just kind of, it kind of evolved over time um the with the block zero and the block zero plan like i said it's more linear programming mm-hmm. um uh, percentage based um, then the block two I'm uh, sorry the block one is more undulating so we're they're getting a little bit uh, different changes not just uh, you know every four weeks um, as that percentage changes um, so and I was looking for something with uh, a more advanced uh, end of a kid to, to you know and I don't the main reason that I went to this is that I don't have any BBT uh, no, I don't have any technology right now at all. So, um, you know, I needed the, the the best way of doing and determining what that next set would be is based on how fast we're moving, you know, the bar weight, whether, you know, is the bar weight appropriate. Um, and I don't have any way of doing that other than me just saying, okay, you know, we need, we're looking for bar speed. We have to move the bar fast and everything that we do. Now, I do that, but um, you know, I have no way of showing them, okay, this is what you did on that last set. It has to be here, or, you know, I, I have to we'll go up or down based on what you're doing. Um, so that was kind of my thinking and reason that I went to this is because it's kind of the next best thing to uh, the velocity-based strength. That was my mindset. Awesome. Okay. Sorry. I know I took us down the rabbit hole of APRE, so, but I think it's a great thing. Again, I've, a lot of high school coaches use it. I think it's important. Uh, you know, when I started using it uh, at Mercer, uh, the one thing that I noticed is that there there were some days where athletes came in and felt really good. And I think the APRE system does a great job of adapting to it. Um, and then there are other days where they don't feel so good. Um, you know, they could have just come off a football game or a basketball game or something like that. They just need to hit their APRE six and then out the door they go and we're good to go. And, and it doesn't it doesn't mess with them. That's another great thing about it. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Okay. Sorry. So continue. So keep walking us through there. Okay. So um, this is kind of the, the yearly uh, programming uh, scheme, uh, periodization scheme. Um, so I always start in every block because I'm, I'm coming back. Basically, uh, we see that 822 is when these guys start. Uh, we go back to school about 8, 9, 8, 10. Um, so they're basically all. 
those last two months of the school year. They're doing uh, summer ball, and you know, they're if they're lifting, they're lifting on their own. Uh, they're not lifting with us. Uh, the baseball team is one of the only ones that don't lift during the summer with me. Um, most of them are lifting here with me. So because of that, I kind of start everybody on about uh, a four-week kind of a block zero. Uh, we kind of remember the groove. Um, you know, and as I go over here, go back to week, yeah, week one here. Um, so you can see I got bar rate, body weight, parallel squat, make sure we're sitting back, push up holes on the floor. Um, and, uh, kettlebell, dumbbell, kettlebell, there. <laughs> kettlebell, that left, I'm sorry. And then ISO holds is a key thing that I'm using. On the, the cleans RDL ISO holds, we're holding um, that position at those particular positions. So we're making sure that we're getting uh, the right positioning, remembering those things. Like I said, this is this is the same thing that the the block zero freshman guys will go through. Gotcha. Uh, but I'm we're kind of remembering over kind of bringing it back to the older guys um, to just remember those positions and you know with the, the push up holds or the box flat, you know they're they're not the butt's not up in the air. Um, they're not sagging in any way, uh, those types of things. But just to kind of remember, you know, where they are you know, in this you know, process, making sure that the movement patterns are right. Uh, and then, you know, then they go to the goblet squat, uh, still on those ISO holds with the RDO. Uh, squat ISO holds, then you see that on day three, down there at the bottom, uh, they're on kettlebell squats too. So we're holding those positions uh, without a box or anything like that so that they remember. Uh, where they're supposed to be at, at those different uh, degrees levels. And it, it usually, you know, brings us back into where we need to be. That's why. And, and, and how did you uh, get to the, this point, right? I, I'm sure there was a point where maybe we didn't progress them this methodically through it as they came back for their well, Or maybe you did, and, and that, well, you credit that to a coach. Over the last, you know, probably five years, I've become a lot better strength coach than I was beforehand. Um, before that, I was not doing all this. Um, and, but the, kind of the, the COVID year, you know, I kind of was able, was able to take some time and kind of revisit my, my programming. I got better at programming, and uh, I think I got better at, at uh, helping the kids get to where they need, what they need um, in a, a, a more progression manner uh, with a lot of, you know, with everything. Um, you know, I went back and I, I've got the, you know, these movement progressions for every single pattern uh, that they're going to move through you know, the squat and the hinge, you know, the lunge, the clean, the deadlifts, uh, the posture change, the horizontal press, vertical press. And so we're going through all of those things to remind them what they need to be, be doing and how they're doing it. They have to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and again, the main reason that I did it with the baseball guys is because I don't have them uh, over the summer. And so you know, even if it was a one day a week thing or, or you know, something like that, so I'm trying to get back to it. So when we talk about your programming too on the strength side of things, it was looking as if uh, we run some version of the tier system. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, again, I, I read uh, Coach Ken's book um, a long time ago. That book's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I, I'm old. <laughs> um, been in this a long time. Uh, but uh, he kind of, you know, and the first time I read it, I said, yeah, that makes sense. And then I kind of put it around or put it aside. Uh, then, you know, a couple of years later, I said, you know, this is the way we need to be trained to have our, all of our athletic programs set up. Right? Because, you know, we are – because before I was a, a upper lower switch, because uh, I kind of had a powerlifting background, and so that's kind of what I knew. And, and I would throw in some clean, um, you know, on the upper upper body days, and doing uh, clean pulls, or we were doing something explosive every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I knew I needed it there, uh, but it wasn't enough. And so you know, Coach Ken's book. Uh, the tier system you know, kind of opened my eyes about how you know, I need to program my day um, to, to 
can make it because we play, you know, all sports are, are played in a total body fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can your legs every day. So um, that's why we need that. I went to this instead of we're squatting or lunging or something every day. We're doing something with posterior chain every day. Uh, and that I knew it, but you know, the, the, you know, his idea about how to put it all together just kind of really made sense once I, you know, had, had a little more experience in programming and you know, it, it made sense the second time around. So that's now, and, if, and if I was looking correctly on that, uh, if you go back to your uh, baseball, what you, you were showing us earlier there. Uh, so when when we're looking at this, right, the, I think in uh, Coach Ken's tier system, right, I, I remember I was similar in the fact that I remember reading that as one of my very first books that when I got into strength and conditioning, you know, his movements that he had was on Monday, we go TLU and then everything just rotates, uh, you know, up or down, however you want to consider it, L-U-T on a Wednesday per se, or your second day. And then you finally finish with a, a UTL split on the last day and there's posterior chain and all that. But it looks like from what I can tell here, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you've kind of manipulated a little bit and you've changed it where your lower body days are day one, your total body is your day two, and then your upper body is day three. Talk to me a little bit about maybe why we switched the L and the T day and why you think that works best for what your just, situation is. I just feel like it, it's, you know, I, I can get really excited, well, and get really excited about uh, those two reasons. You know, the, the we have a kind of a big, big squat Monday or big squat day one, you know, coming in. And then the, main, the main reason I did it is because they've got two days to rest. And you know, I want them to be fresh and recovered and ready to go when we're doing heavy squats, and, and that's the main reason that I that I switched it. You know, if they were if it was here, then you know they had the the cleans, and you know if I had the deadlifts, they may not have the deadlifts there. It's just a you know, they've only got two days, you know, basically one off day, but they'd have two off days in, in the other way where they've got the weekend. Um, so that's the main reason. I want them as fresh as possible as I think they, they should be um, for the heavy squats. That's the main reason that I did that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it was, it, it's it, it's always interesting to see, again, just small manipulations of a program can make a difference. But again, I think a lot of it goes back to what you're seeing, right, and what you get to experience on a day-to-day basis. Because again, the, the traditional Joe Ken system is the TLU and then the LUT. But Again, you're right. I mean, they do get two days. I mean, they get two days to come back and they get to rest and be able to to be able to do that. So that's really interesting to be able to see there how you have progressed that system to fit the need that that you have there. Um, anything else that you want to talk about in terms of maybe something that might be unique to your program that you're doing with those offseason kids in this block too that maybe uh, maybe a little bit different or something that you like to kind of hang your hat on. Well, I, I like what we're doing with, with the med balls. Um, and we're doing those, every, two of them uh, every day. And um, you know, because we're, we're trying to get rotational power and we're trying to get core activated and you know, kind of link two things together and making sure that we're able to transfer energy from the top to the bottom. Um, with with our core uh, strength and ability there, um, so they, those kind of get both into things. Um, and uh, Eric Cressy is uh, a great. That's where I got all this stuff from. Um, and this was actually I found it free on his website. It's a little video you watch, and he goes through all all of this. And my descriptors are over here. That's not me. Uh, he just shows you how to do it there, but. Uh, and uh, you know, I also got some more uh, ideas from the, the baseball summit that Zach uh, Kent and TCU kind of put that together. Uh, great, 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 great information. Uh, again, I, I'm trying to, to go to clinics and you know, be on those uh, the, the podcasts and, and the, the baseball summit. You know, I'm trying to continue to learn as uh, one of these cutting edge things and. Apply, you know, again, you know, apply it to my setting. Um, you know, some of those guys are college guys, and um, there's, but there's still a lot of stuff that you know that we can get from that. Zach uh, has got a, a book, uh, movement, movement to maxes, uh, to make sure that we're making.
advertising through the movement are the first thing that we're looking for. That's the main indicator of before we progress. And uh, you know, so that's uh, that's a again a, a great read if anybody hasn't read it. Uh, but uh, you know, he, he kind of again just reiterated uh, that mindset there. Uh, I'm sorry, kind of off my point. Uh, the the med balls. Uh, I really think uh, we've gotten a lot of carryover uh, on the field. Um, I think uh, Coach Wise said that uh, the first year they we did this, we had a we had a team set that a team record for total home runs. Uh, it was 26 home runs in one year. I don't know if that's a lot or not, but he said it was. Um, scored 325 runs uh, as a team, most in seven years. So 92% uh, of the team improved. Sorry, that's on the sprint stuff. But we're, we're getting in a lot better rotation and we're hitting the ball a lot more accurately and a lot more effectively. And uh, so I, I think that's a, a good thing that we're doing uh, with the change that we went through there a couple of years ago. That's awesome. And I think this was one of the things that you might have presented on or partly presented on uh, last, again, I think it was November, October, something like that. There um, was something that I, I I thought you did an excellent job on and it was great. I think, was it your son that was there? Am I correct yeah, on that? Yeah, he was my, 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 my guinea pig. He was your guinea pig, right. It's always good to have children to be able to help out with that one, right? So that be able to, but it was great to be able to see you talk about it um, and then also be able to implement it um, some of the things that you you were looking for with the kids there. So that's great. And th this is a great resource I've looked into. I didn't know about the baseball summit, but a lot of Eric Cressy stuff, he does an excellent job with that. If, if people want to know more about that, kind of where where would they go to look? What Where did you go to look initially to learn more about it? Um, EricCressy.com. And then uh, trying to think about the, about the baseball summit. Um, you just follow Zach Kent on uh, on Twitter. That's that's where I saw it. He, okay. There's several of those guys that were on there, the people that I already follow anyway. That's uh, awesome. But the, now again, uh, the, you know, Twitter is a been a very uh, good resource. Um, you know, learning learning some new things as well. Yeah. Now it can, it can be a very very powerful tool. Well, it's how we got to be able to do this podcast today, right? Um, being able exactly. to have those connections. <laughs> you know, again, we met in person and. And uh, but to be able to stay in contact or at least check in and say, hey, that we're this is what we're doing and we can continue to continue to do that work, which is awesome. It can, it can be also a negative tool if used incorrectly, but it can also uh, be a yeah. very powerful tool if used correctly. And I think the strength and conditioning world only continues to to gravitate towards it and be able to put out more information. There's, of course, always the negative side of it uh, that people get into arguments about. Um, but I, I found it's been great to be able to connect with people and reach out to them. And everybody's usually uh, pretty receptive in terms of trying to help out. Very. Um, yeah. I don't feel uh, like I know I'm smart enough to argue with anybody about anything. So I, oh, I, I just, I just read. <laughs> yes. You, yo, yeah. You and me both. I, I sit in the background and just, uh, I just take in the information um, yeah. and, and, and it's, uh, it's good to, Good to see somebody or some people are so passionate about it. I'm, I'm all right with just staying in the background and reading it. Yep. That's awesome. Um, what else? I, I, know, I know one other part of your program is uh, uh, change of direction, linear stuff. Uh, what else do do you kind of have that, that you work on with with your kids on that? Uh, um, we'll go three days a week with the sprints and the uh, agility training as well. Um, I got the kind of a start, the first part, first half of this from um, I, when I worked at Velocity Sports Performance a long, long time ago. Um, so the, the sprint mechanics, and uh, we'll, we'll change this about every two or three weeks. Uh, it starts with an A skip, I'm sorry, A march and an A skip. And, and we'll just do various things to kind of remind them, you know, of the, the proper path uh, to have. Uh, when they're sprinting um, and in the wall drill, same kind of thing. Um, we're making sure we've got a 45 degree angle every time we, we sprint, uh, making sure we, uh, we've got the proper arm angles and the proper uh, arm movement patterns and pads. 
Um, so, you know, those are two big things um, that can, you know, really help improve the, the times uh, of, the, of the kids pretty quickly. Um, and then we'll do, again, some sprint starts that are, uh, again, trying to get them at that 45 degree angle, the hop starts and the falling starts. What is, just out of curiosity, I think everybody's got different names for different things, but what's a hop start? Can you describe that to us? Yeah. Um, I don't have a video or I would uh, show you that. Um, they're, they start uh, standing you know, straight up um, and then they're just going to hop forward with their, their two feet together and then hop back. The idea is that they eventually, when they hop back, yes, they're going to get that 45 degree angle. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. I like the falling start better because, again, they're start, they don't have to move. They just, you know, they're just moving forward to get that 45 degree angle. So the, the falling starts my favorite, um, but we'll do various ones. We'll eventually go to where we're you know, in our lunge uh, set up and or down on one knee, down on two knees. Um, but we'll we'll change those sprint starts from you know, the various things uh, throughout the year uh, just to get them coming out because they're they're sport they're athletes. Mm -hmm. They've got to be able to come out of various positions uh, to be able to sprint. So that's the reason for change. Absolutely. And the, the sprints, uh, you know, and it, the making sure that we are uh, distance appropriate. So with baseball, you know, we start out with 10s and 30s. Uh, we'll go to, uh, we'll, we won't go any farther than 60. Uh, that's a, the farthest we go. Uh, and then the flying uh, sprints, usually uh, we've got a 30-yard uh, acceleration period and then the 10-yard Spring period, we're to try to make sure we're uh, getting the max block. That's what we're working. You know, the, the first part, down the first half, uh, the wall drills and sprint starts are more acceleration uh, driven. Uh, the ten yard sprints, thirty yard sprints, acceleration driven, and the flying starts, flying sprints, sorry, are more uh, max velocity driven. Uh, so we'll both of those in the same day. How how uh, how much lead in do you give to those flying sprints and are we progressing those as the off season goes along are we getting larger and larger distances um and are we timing those so i guess that's kind of a two-part question yeah we are timing we time everything um that was another thing i wanted to make sure that i said uh, we time everything we post everything um i've got a top five board and um, that i print out and, and post in the they post in the locker room for me um, to make sure that they and uh, and again while the timing goes on, you know the kids are competing with one another uh, at that time. So there's a, there's a double 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 whammy there, double positive whammy there. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your other question? I was like, the sprints on the yeah. Uh, how are we? How are we? What's yeah. the distance that we start with, and then do we do we uh, increase decrease? How, how does that work in in your program? I, I usually start with thirty, and then progress to 10. Okay. So I, I start farther and I progress to, to make, so we can try to, you know, we, we give a longer period to get the max speed and then I'm going to give them, start moving, giving them a shorter period uh, to get the max speed. So, and, and, and is the hope to, as the, as you progress along, again, because if you have 30 yards to, to, to build your speed up, theoretically, you should be able to hit a top, faster flying 10 yeah. uh, is yes. the hope that as the, as the distances decrease, but we've been in the training program longer that we're trying to hit similar, if not faster, is that kind of your, your yes. thought process yes. there? Yes, exactly. Because the shorter distance time sort of lead in is more, you know, similar to what they're going to have on, on the field of play. So, you know, that's the reason that we're, we're trying to go with that. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. And then what, what are we doing with plyos on that day? And then the, this is kind of the, where we start. Um, uh, we start with the vertical jumps and the board, again, just basic stuff. Again, making sure we're landing properly, making sure we're getting explosive, uh, explosion, that we're swinging our arms, we're come bringing them through. Um, but the landing is the key. And, uh, and we, I, they're not on here, but I usually start, um, I should have put that on, there, on the first one. We just kind of uh, go off of a box, like a drop, drop jump. Uh, to, to, to just that practice the landing before we do any uh, of these jumps uh, to make sure that we're good with that. We usually do that kind of in the weight room. 
before we do that. But then uh, lateral broad jump, again, all that's two-footed. Uh, power skips for height. So now we're, we're taking that skipping thing and trying to get as high as we possibly can on every step. Uh, same thing for distance. And then that's forward and then that's lateral. Uh, the day, I'll uh, skip day two in a second. Day three is the same thing for the first few weeks. Uh, their agility, again, just basic movements. We start with the ladder and the, the cone uh, pro agility. Um, and then after, or at week six, I'm sorry, after week six, we go six weeks of kind of a basic agility movements and timing the pro agility and that type stuff. Then we move into more um, specific, baseball specific or sports specific items you know, at that time. Uh, we'll do a change of direction and we'll talk about acceleration, so trying to accelerate and stop. Uh, this is where you know our curve um, running and sprinting would, would come in uh, eventually. Obviously, not going to start there, but uh, that's where. And, and thinking about it more of a lateral uh, or angle uh, acceleration and agility than just you know the basic agility movement. So that's not yeah, absolutely. Good. How are how are you uh, recording and timing some of these? Are we doing it off a of hand? Do we got some type of timing system? What 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 have you found? Uh, what have you done? Uh, right, right now, we're using a handheld apparatus. I have I bought a uh, a free lap timer, and I can't <laughs> I can't get it to work. I'm a little technology technology a little bit. You know, it's not just my friend sometimes. Um, so uh, I have to go back and look at that. Try to, um, we used to do a little bit with the football guys at the beginning of the year. Uh, the only thing, my only hang up is, yes, they're going to be more accurate once we figure out how to use it, but it just takes so much time. Yeah. That, that's my only hang up with it. It's just not, you know, if I'm trying to get, you know, I, I, even when I bought, we bought a second little uh, apparatus back in the attached to to the waist yeah uh, and you've got a and i guess with maybe with you know, even with, but with you know with baseball it's probably a little better it's probably only 30 kids it might not be that bad but i've got two of them and i've got to i paid for them so i've got to figure out how to use them and, yeah the, so, the one thing yeah. that the, the one thing that I, I i talked to coach hoover about this down in south carolina about how, because he likes to use the free lap, especially since it's so sunny down there. Uh, he can't use his dasher system. The one thing that he talked about was getting uh, belt clips. I don't know if you've ever looked into that, but having belt clips, so then all you do is clip off, hand it to the next one. Oh, player. okay. That's and a good idea. Instead yeah. of having, because I, I found it too. I've got a free lap system that, to take it apart, put it on the belt, clip it off, and then every once in a while you're going to get a kid that runs and it's going to fly off. And you're going to like, well, crap, go back and run it again, right? And he he used just a uh, – it's almost like an elastic band that you got in your shorts, right? He just – something like that. So all they do is just unclip, here you go, go, and then we go again. I'll try that. I'll yeah. Try that. Yeah. That, so that's a wor worthwhile way to do it, especially if you can get it running. I mean, it, it does help out because then you can just sit there and – let the information come in and take it down as it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, what I, I feel like we've hit on a lot of things. Are there other things that uh, that you want to touch on in programming here that maybe I'm I'm not uh, diving into or anything again that you're doing unique that's a little bit different? I don't think so. I think we talked about everything. Yeah. I, again, this is great. I, th I think this is a great uh, starter for us to kind of get a, a look into again a different program that that does things different ways based off of the setup that they have um and i really do appreciate you coming on and being able to uh -huh. to, to do this it's been uh it's been really good and um tell people uh as we kind of wrap up here um how listeners can reach out to you or follow the work that you're doing at north bullet um best way probably is just send me an email uh, i check that very often uh, and that's justin j-u-s-t-i-n dot abney a-b-n-e-e -E, at bullet b-u-l-l-i-t-t -E, dot k-y schools dot u-s 
Awesome. Well, hey, before we go, this is the one last thing that I want to do, and I, I'm going to kind of catch you off guard because I didn't put it in our show notes to start out, but uh, go ahead and promote your uh, powerlifting competition that you do. This is something that I was fortunate enough to bring my team to uh, this past year, but promote it for us. Talk to us a little bit about why you do it, what the money is used for, different things like that, so people can get an understanding. And if you've got a date out there, you might not already, but if you do have a date, give us what that will be. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, we host uh, the state powerlifting contest uh, every year. It's a push-pull contest where we have a bench press and a deadlift um, um, that we're competing with. Um, that is, it's always the first Wednesday, I'm sorry, first Saturday in March. Fourth, February, March fourth, March fourth this year, yeah, twenty twenty three. Um, but um, yeah, definitely come over and you know give me an email if you guys are interested. I'd be happy to have anybody there. Uh, the, all the weight or all the uh, money we make is going to go back to the weight room and you know, trying to get some new stuff for our kids. Um, we were able to. That's you know, some of those things that we were bought. You know, bought the uh, you know the timing system and. The, seeing where they are. Uh, it's most of our football guys uh, that are in it. Um, the baseball players, uh, their season is starting about that time. So uh, most of them just don't have a, just aren't able you know, to make it work. Uh, they, they usually have a, a scrimmage that same day that we have our contest. Mm. Um, but it's most of our uh, football guys and some of the, just some of the guys that don't play any sports at all. That's all they do. Yeah, and I, I will say as, as somebody that came this past year, we did ours very last minute in terms of getting getting signed up. You guys were great to be able to work with us, and we only were able to get, I want to say around 15-ish kids together, 15, 20-ish kids together. At, they had a blast. I mean, we were up there. It was it was an all-day affair, but they had a great time just being able to get to – and, and it's the one thing that I really enjoy about powerlifting is that – as much as we were competing against each other, we were competing with each other and we were making friends along the way. Um, and we were able to, there were kids that, you know, my team still reached out to and they're so excited. We're starting an actual powerlifting club this year. Good. And they are like, are we going back? And I was like, well, yeah, if you guys really want to, we'll, I mean, we'll figure out a way to go back. And they're like, okay, we're, we're, we're in. And we've got uh, the kids and I will say this, the kids enjoyed it so much. Uh, that they have been bragging at school. It was so much fun that we had 80 kids show out to our first powerlifting club day. Uh, wow. Were, That's amazing. Yes. And, and so I'll give, I know I didn't have an opportunity to tell you that, but I figured this would be a good time too. But that again, it wasn't anything more than you guys just put on a good event and they had a great time being able to do it. Um, so if anybody is out there that's listening to this in the state of Kentucky, or if you're on that Southern part of Indiana, um, it's a great opportunity to get your kids uh, involved. And it, I think personally for football, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but for football, it's a great kind of break right before and to see where they're at right before they go into kind of their spring ball. Uh, yeah, and, that's, the, that's the one, that's the reason we started doing it. Um, you know, when, when I first started doing it, when I first got over here to, to North um, was so that the football guys would have uh, a competition um, you know, somewhere kind of, you know, in the, or more competition, one or more competitions, um, you know, during the off season and it you know, wasn't that low, you know, something to, to push them, um, to, you know, to work toward, you know, during that off season. And that's all, you know, for okay. those guys to, to not have something competitive, you know, to be pushing for and to, you know, to, to just, you know, to not to just be going in the weight room every day and not really having something to, you know, some goal out there, you know, some date, you know, they have to, and do their best, you know, on that day and get to go compete against other people, um, but also compete against yourself, you know, mm -hmm. you know, going in and making you know, what, you know, because you don't always have the best day, um, but, yep. you know, it's a, it's a lot about, you know, it's a lot of teachable moments, you know, about how you're going to handle adversity and how you're going to pick yourself up when that first attempt doesn't work and doesn't go, mm -hmm. 
So how are you going to come back and find that second attempt? No, yeah, well, and, and our kids, and I'll say this our, again, continue to, to, to sing your praises. Our kids enjoyed that aspect of it, right? They enjoyed figuring out what their opener was going to be and then figure out, well, what jump am I going to make? And then, there, you know, it wasn't because the nature of the setup is, is the coaches can't be at every single attempt. So now they're looking to each other to lead each other and be able to say, hey, look like, hey, did you pull that really easy? Let, let's go up. You know, I know your initial next jump was going to be 20 pounds, but you might have a little bit more in that. And then let's put you in striking distance for this. And you saw them over there trying to calculate, well, if they're putting this on, then I'm competing against it. And they just had a good time with the competitive atmosphere in a different setting, but where we were all working together towards the same common goal, which was we enjoyed, we enjoyed powerlifting and we enjoyed lifting weights. That's always been my, you know, experience with every, you know, I've done several of my own, you know, throughout the years. And, you know, I've never been to any powerlifting contest where there were people that were ugly or, you know, upset or, you know, they're all there together and they're going to help you. And if you ask them, they're going to help you. Uh, you know, your coaches are going to help you, you know, do, do, you know, do the best thing you can, that you can do that day. Um, it's just a real, real big fun, you know, a lot of fun that day. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So again, if 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 you are, what'd you say? It was March fourth this March year. 4th. March fourth. Saturday, Saturday, March fourth. Um, if you guys are interested in that, reach out to Coach. Uh, they do an excellent job. We will be back as a Mercer County. Hopefully, uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the St. X level where they fill up like one whole side of the bleachers uh, like they did last year. Uh, but hopefully, we'll be back with more than just fifteen to twenty like we were, and uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good time. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Coach. I appreciate you joining us today.